Hello and welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. Today we have a special episode for you hosted by AGC's CEO, Steve Sandher, to talk immigration issues with some special guests. Take it away, Steve. Hello and thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Steven Sandher, CEO of the Associated General Contractors, and I'm pleased to have uh, with me uh, Tamar Jacoby, who's president of Immigration Works USA, as well as AGC's chief economist, Ken Simonson. Thanks for both of you for joining us. Great to be here. Terrific. Obviously, Ken Simonson needs no introduction. He's uh, been our chief economist since September 10th, 2001, has been one of the leading voices on construction economics during that time period. Uh, Tamar Jacoby is president and CEO of Immigration Works USA, which is a national federation of small business owners working to advance better immigration law. She had been a senior writer and justice editor at Newsweek, and before that, the deputy editor of the New York Times op-ed pages. She's the author of Someone Else's House, America's Unfinished Struggle for Integration, and editor of Reinventing the Melting Pot, The New Immigrants, and What It Means to Be American. Uh, Tamar, first of all, tell us a little bit about Immigration Works and what you're trying to do there. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Uh, Immigration Works is a national federation of various kinds of business owners, a lot of small and medium size, but we also work with some big companies, and we work with trade associations, including our loyal friends, AGC, and others. Um, we've been fighting low these many years, it's more than a decade now, to get better immigration law. And the main part of immigration law that we really care about is fixing the system for the future so that enough workers can come to fill the jobs we need here in America. When employers can find Americans to do the jobs, that's great, that's better. But if they can't, they should be able to hire immigrants easily, quickly, and legally. And right now that's not possible. And we've been fighting to make that happen. And you've been at this for a long time because I, I remember you were part of the 2006 immigration efforts. We worked with Republicans and Democrats, but we do go back to working with President Bush mm -hmm. and trying to get President Bush's immigration reform through. And yes, we've been we're longtime allies. And thanks for all the work you're doing there, uh, Ken. Uh, we all know that your world is numbers and data, and that uh, you have been monitoring very closely over the years the workforce challenges that uh, the construction industry continues to face. What do you continue to see out there? Well, there is some good news. Construction has been able to hire workers at a faster rate than the overall economy for the past several years. And uh, I do see more construction work ahead. So I think uh, the industry will continue to be hiring workers, but uh, they're not the kinds of workers that they would ideally want to have. Those workers, uh, many of them uh, were laid off for a very long time. Construction employment dropped for nearly five years. We had the steepest decline of any industry. It started way back in 2006, and the pickup didn't begin until the beginning of 2011, which was a year after the rest of the economy started hiring. Uh, so the result was that we had this long period where people weren't entering the industry, experienced workers were retiring, leaving uh, the country or going into other uh, occupations, and it's been hard to get them back. So while on the one side it may look as if uh, the numbers are good and there's no problem, uh, when we do surveys consistently more than two-thirds, sometimes three-quarters of the firms tell us they're having trouble filling both craft positions and some of the salaried positions, particularly supervisors and project managers. 
So um, we are, uh, obviously, the industry is very optimistic about the prospects of President Trump's trillion-dollar infrastructure package, uh, expected to be spread over 10 years. We also recognize uh, that we have to make a case that in the event that that were to happen, that there would be enough workers in the industry to actually perform the work. What's your take on that? What, what would you be your comment on that on how we can get there? Contractors always find a way to get things done, and uh, it would take a combination of efforts. Uh, first of all, the trillion dollars, uh, it's widely expected, would be spread over 10 years. So that would be about an additional $100 billion a year, even assuming that it came in at that ultimate level. Uh, compare that to total construction spending now is running at a rate of about 1.2 trillion. So uh, that's an 8% increase in the amount of work to be done. Um, that's a, a hefty increase in the number of workers needed, uh, but it would be done by pulling in people who haven't been in construction, uh, bidding them away from other construction jobs, and substituting uh, more advanced uh, productive labor-saving equipment and materials and methods, things like off-site manufacturing, greater use of uh, building information modeling or its counterpart for infrastructure, uh, sometimes called uh, SIM. So, uh, Tamar, tell us a little bit about Immigration Works and what you're doing there to try to help us and other industries, one, uh, provide legal status for people that may be working here uh, without proper documentation, and secondly, how we can meet the workforce needs of the future. So there, there's traditionally there have been three parts of what people used to call comprehensive immigration reform. We don't use, nobody much uses that term anymore. But they were enforcement. They were an answer for the people who were already here. But really, the most important part of comprehensive immigration reform was fixing the system so it worked for the future. Because the people who are already here, they're going to work for a few more years, but then they're going to get older, and then the question is going to be how are we going to continue to to do jobs and grow the workforce, and. Enforcement and legal status for the people already here, those are the popular ideas, and sometimes people mm -hmm. think that's all there is to it. But the real problem, the reason there's 11 million people here without papers, is that people who are going to come to work on non-farm jobs have no legal way to get here right now. If you have a family, you can wait in line for 10 or 15 years and come then when you're probably too old to want to work at a construction project or getting old. Uh, if you're coming to work as a temporary farm worker, a seasonal worker, or if you're a a, a, a computer programmer, there's a guest worker program for you. If you're somebody who wants to year, work year-round on a crew building bridges, you have a big choice uh, if you have no family here. You can hire a smuggler and walk across the desert, or you can hire a smuggler and walk across the desert. There's no other way. There's no line. There's no legal visa program. So Immigration Works has always thought that the most important part of the fix, yes, we need something for those people already here. We don't want to leave them out in the cold. But the real thing that we need to fix for the future is creating guest worker program for people to come in the future legally. And we've, even in the hard times of, of the last few years when immigration hasn't really been on the agenda since 2013, we've been trying to get that message out and tee that up as something to pass. We've actually worked with um, people on the Hill, Senator Flake, most, most important, to craft a guest worker program for for those for the kind of workers that you would need in the construction And Senator industry. Flake is Republican from Arizona. Senator Flake is Republican. And, and, you know, the, the, this is... The, the problem with this idea of we need workers for the future is there's an unholy alliance of Republicans and Democrats 
Democrats who are skeptical of it. They're labor-driven Democrats don't like it, and um, anti-immigrant Republicans don't like it. So we've always been trying to find a narrow way between that those two polls. And we do have Democrats and Republicans who understand the need and have been very supportive, including S- Senator Flake. But um, the question is, you know, when when are we really going to get that piece fixed? And as hard a lift as people think the the people who are here without papers are, actually creating those visas is probably a harder political lift. And President Trump, unfortunately, is a little skeptical of that, too. I think, I th- I'm, hope- I'm hopeful that there will be some Nixon goes to China effect. Right. So let's, let's stop there for a second. Let's look in the rearview mirror. Uh, would you say it's correct that a significant reason that comprehensive immigration reform is, which is now a naughty word, anything comprehensive is a naughty word in Washington right now, but would you say that a significant factor that killed the 2006 and the 2013 bills was that a lot of folks didn't think the federal government was really serious about border security? Absolutely, no question. And that's where I think Trump might maybe can help us. Right. If Trump, you know, if Trump says the wall, the border secure. I don't think there's anybody who can say that with more authority and more credibility in America than Donald Trump. And if a year from now he can say the border's secure, we fixed that, those criminal aliens aren't a problem anymore, I think he could then say, and now we want to move on to solve the rest of the problem, in a way that no one else has really ever been able to say. Well, don't, do you also think that um, he is uh, making the border secure by his aggressive roundup of of undocumented uh, aliens, and and that that has become a significant deterrent to people crossing the border. Yes, I mean it's hard to know. It's hard to know how that's playing out. I mean the the, the reason people do and don't cross the border there are many factors. The the economic demand here, the economic health of the countries south of the border, and enforcement. And it's always hard to disentangle. But I think there's no question that the climate that we've created now is making many people think twice, do I really want to go to America? I think that could come back to bite us, Mm -hmm. because I think uh, we are going to need those workers. (laughs) And um, we need to pair that deterrent effect with a legal program. And the the real scary thing will be, what if we don't? Ken? Yeah, I think... Uh, my fear and my hope is the demographic outlook that for decades the U.S. has been adding to its workforce about 1% a year, mostly from native-born Americans. Mm-hmm. But we've reached the point that we're getting almost as many retirees as we have people who were born 18 or 21 years ago in this country coming into the workforce. And as a result, the workforce is only growing by about a third of a percent a year at the moment. If we cut immigration, that will almost disappear, that we have become much more reliant than most people realize on immigrants to uh, add to the workforce. And without workforce growth, it's going to be very hard to achieve economic growth. Yeah, you're the economist, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that economists project that almost all of the workforce growth in the next decade is going to be immigrants or their kids. <laughs> That's right. So Tomorrow, ground rule, I'll ask the questions here. That's fine. I'm, I'm teasing. So we talked a little bit about this Nixon goes to China moment. I think if we look at uh, a day or two before the January address to the joint session of Congress that President Trump made, um, he basically, perhaps intentionally, perhaps unintentionally, it's really hard to tell, a trial balloon of some type of earned legal status for people that are here, that are contributing, that have jobs, that are, are following the rules, not breaking the law. Did you see that as a sign of optimism? 
Yes, I mean it's one. It's so, as you say, it's so hard to tell. Mm -hmm. And um, even on the campaign trail, uh, President Trump, you know, would wavered in his positions mm -hmm. on, on immigration in a way that I that I take hope from. Mm -hmm. Some of the time it was, you know, we'll never have anything for those people. But then some of the time there, there was a softening. Remember the softening right. when he softened on right. immigration, and he at that at that for that week too, mm -hmm. he talked about someday, you know, we're not going to we may get to some answers for mm -hmm. these people. So uh, you know, I think the beauty of Donald Trump is that he's a man who is not an ideologue mm -hmm. and um, he's practical and he wants economic he knows that his the measure of his success will be does he deliver economic growth and if he starts to come to believe that economic that the way to get to economic growth is that you need more workers <laughs> um, he, that might be helpful the the same day of the of the address to the the, um, the joint session of Congress the thing that troubled me a little bit that day um, was the talk of a merit-based immigration system. Because again, if we go back to this issue of the real, what we really need is a fix for the future, if merit-based really means who are the workers we need, that's great because then uh, he would look at any economic balance sheet and see that some of the workers we need are are less skilled. If mayor base is code language for only high skilled workers, that will not be good for us. And there certainly are people in Congress, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas is one of them, another Republican, who th who uses the term mayor base to mean cut the number of people coming legally every year by half and focus on the high skilled. Mm -hmm. That would not be good for the construction industry. Okay. Steve, you know, uh, construction pays more than uh, the uh, overall workforce, about 9% more. And so uh, the notion that somehow we're undercutting uh, w wages by hiring immigrants, we're not able at this point to bring in uh, the skilled workers we need, but ones who are already in this country, uh, it's not that we have suddenly brought the wage down to the minimum wage or anything. Our, our wages have consistently stayed well above the average for the whole economy. So you anticipated my next question, uh, which was, you know, on the one hand we have President Trump who has at least touched the stove of earned legalization and was able to leave his fingers there without <laughs> being burned. But his attorney general, uh, Jeff Sessions, um, his argument is exactly counter to your argument uh, about the impact of immigrants on the economy and that, one, that they drive wages down, and secondly, that they do take jobs away uh, from Americans. Um, you want to comment on that a little bit? Sure. The, the people who work in construction, by taking home good pay, they're creating business opportunities for many other people. They're buying goods and services. Um, they're buying houses in some cases, and certainly uh, they're, when they have the chance, they're sending their kids to schools, they're going into stores and so forth. All, all of those things add to demand for construction of different types, as well as supporting many other jobs throughout the economy. Uh, take those people away, and a lot of communities are going to be suffering an economic downturn. If I can chime in, I mean, the the point about why we need so much immigration now in this in this area is our workforce has changed so much. I always say if there's two two numbers you need to know to understand immigration today, it's that in 1950 almost two-thirds of the U.S. workforce were people without high school diplomas. Two-thirds. And they wanted to do jobs like build bridges and build roads and build buildings. Today it's less than 10%. And we don't need as many 
less skilled workers because we don't have as many farms, we don't have as much manufacturing, but we still need some. It's not that everyone in construction has only a high school diploma, but but to have laborers, it's, you're going to look for low-skilled people. So our workforce is getting more and more educated. We need someone to fill those slots. And economists, you know, they've been looking for a wage effect for 20 years, and it's they've not found a very big one. I mean, the big argument is between the people who think over 20 years it's a 5% wage effect for, for only high school dropouts, and the people who think it's a 1% percent wage effect. Mm -hmm. It's not like there are people who say it's a huge wage effect. Even the hawks mm -hmm. think it's only 5% over 20 years mm -hmm. for high, and only high school right. dropouts. Right. And our contractors look hard to hire local talent. It's not that they are showing a preference for hiring foreign-born workers. They take anybody who can pass a, a drug test that uh, can, can read and write and otherwise meet the qualifications for entry-level jobs. We want people at all skill levels. At the same time, they want, they want to be able to keep people that have been with them for a long time, that showed up to the job site trailer with an application and what appeared to be a legitimate identification in the I-9 process. And some of these people stay with them, have been with them 5, 10, 15 years. Their cousins have started to work for them. Siblings have started working for them. They want to. They want to keep those folks on board, and they also don't want to fear that um, there's going to be a government raid showing up at a job site saying that four, five, ten people um, their credentials don't match up. So, sure. So that that's that's a big challenge as well. Um, in a, the toxic atmosphere that we have right now in Washington, where uh, prospects for bipartisan cooperation on anything appear to be remote at best. Maybe I feel better on immigration. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I think I don't think immigration is going to be the issue where we break that ice. I think we need to break that ice on some other issues. Perhaps infrastructure, perhaps is, infrastructure a good, good is a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then, and then perhaps you know, right now you're right. I mean, right now. I've been talking to Democrats on the Hill about a small fix for dreamers. Dreamers are kids who are brought here illegally as children, no fault of their own. Um, there's three quarters of a million of them who Obama helped. Couldn't we do fix? Couldn't we help them right now? I think Republicans right. would be prepared right. to. Democrats say. You know, I don't want to help Donald Trump do anything for immigrants. I don't want to help him do anything, period. Well, but I especially don't want to help him do anything that makes him look good in the eyes of Latino voters. Or Republicans. Yeah, or know. Republicans. Right. So right now, I, I agree. It's I, 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 it's not, you know, this is not, we, the, things are going to have to change. But let's hope that, you know, by the time, by next this time next year or early next year, things will look different. So I have this uh, notion that, you know, when you poll the public, Obviously, in any polling, uh, depends upon how you ask the question, and a lot of poll results come back, you know, saying that um, the majority of people want the border secured. They want. Uh, they're not in favor of amnesty, which has just become a bumper sticker slogan without any meaning. But my sense is that you know, for dreamers, when you explain that issue, uh, more than a majority of Americans have some empathy for somebody who was four years old and was carried across the river in their mother's arms. The polling is very positive. Mm. I mean, two-thirds to three-quarters of Americans mm. support what we used to call comprehensive immigration mm. reform, mm. path to legal status if not citizenship, mm. even for the adults, right. Right. as long as they jump through mm. some hoops. I right. mean, that's always very important. Are they going to learn English? Are they right. going to abide by the law? Are they going to pay, pay taxes? taxes. Mm -hmm. um, but, but between two-thirds and three-quarters of the public has consistently been right. in support of that. Right. And when you ask Ask the public, do they think we, Gallup asks every year, do you think we have the right level, 
of immigration? Should it be increased? Should it be decreased? It's always about two to one, the same or increased versus decreased. So the public remains, you know, infl- they can get aroused and they can get upset and they can get worried, but our kind of stereotype Trump supporter who's got smoke coming is out of, out of his ear about immigration, that is not your typical American. Right. I agree. And in fact, my own conversations with people um, on immigration, and you know, this runs the gamut from well-educated uh, to not well-educated. Uh, and when I explain to them in the 2006 and the 2013 bills the hoops as you say that people would have to jump through to get some earned legal status basically a work permit short of a green card that they have to uh, plead guilty to either falsifying documents or coming across the border illegally they have to pay back taxes they have to have a clean criminal record they are not eligible for social security benefits and at the end of that three-year period they get to renew and demonstrate proficiency in English. And at the end of that three-year period, if they meet all those qualifications, they get another three-year permit. And I asked them, does that sound like amnesty to you? And even the hardline immigration opponent will acknowledge that that's not the case. Unfortunately, that's been hijacked. Yeah, It really has, and it's, it's, it's a shame. My main concern, I think the public supports that. It is possible, you know, let's be hopeful that Trump can play a Nixon to China role. My big concern is, are we going to create a way not just to help the people who are already here, but create visas going forward? And before the Trump campaign, it was really... There wasn't really many people in the mainstream debate saying, let's cut legal immigration. You know, people would say, it's illegal immigration I don't like. I'm okay with legal immigration. But since the Trump campaign, it's become kind of okay for people who are skeptical about immigration to say we should be cutting legal immigration, too. And that's the part that really worries me going forward, because that's the real heart of the fix. And there's, you know, Jeff Sessions, I mean, thinks we should cut legal immigration, seriously cut it, not a little bit around the edges. But, you know, I think most Americans like the idea of somebody who may be foreign-born who's educated here, gets a graduate degree in electrical engineering, uh, and, you know, maybe the next Thomas Edison, we want that person living here, not in China, not in Russia, not in India. Well, they don't want to mow their own lawn either or yeah. work on a hot roof or a cold right. roof or whatever. I mean, most people understand that. But it's still hard to persuade people. It's still it's, it's going to be a popular argument. Let's cut legal immigration, I fear. You know, Steve, one of the things that people occasionally bring up is that we're lowering safety standards mm-hmm. by hiring foreigners, particularly uh, Hispanic, who may not have the English skills. Um, And AGC uh, just recently released the results of a study that we didn't dictate. It was data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics on construction fatalities over a three-year period. And the uh, work was carried out by academics from uh, Virginia Tech University. Uh, who, uh, in the course of parsing it many different ways, they looked at the fatality rate among Hispanic workers, and overall it was no higher than it was among others. It wasn't directly asking about immigrants or illegal, uh, undocumented immigrants, but I think 
there's no evidence that uh, allowing more immigrants into the construction industry uh, would uh, compromise safety for uh, either other workers or the public at large. I haven't looked at information about other industries, but I certainly haven't heard that that is a legitimate reason to keep anybody out. Well, Ken, to impress you and our listeners with numbers, I recall that that fatality study showed that uh, while the Hispanic percentage of the construction workforce was about 25%, the percentage of Hispanic fatalities was 24%. So it was it was commensurate with their, their participation in the workforce, which obviously I have to say, you know, we're looking for zero fatalities in the construction industry. Uh, but there are a lot of people that are trying to stir the pot and saying that um, Hispanic workers are being exploited and they're being they're being forced to work in unsafe conditions and uh, uh, the statistics uh, don't support that notion. That's right. So tomorrow, uh, you know, one of the potential strategies of the administration uh, may be to find uh, more people that are undocumented uh, and start the process of deporting them. Um, some estimates are as high as $3 million. Well, What do you think the prospects of that are? The candidate Trump promised that he would deport $3 million people. And they have changed the rules of who's deportable very significantly. So that agents out there do are, can now deport a much broader class of people than they used to be able to deport. So the question is, is that just how much is that talk and bluster for the for the right. for the campaign red followers red meat and how much is that something they're going to do for the construction industry if they deported 3 million right. people i think that would start to pinch the, the wood pinch um, yeah. uh, you know let's hope it's just bluster yeah. well let's examine that a little bit further though uh, isn't there some talk of prioritizing people that have criminal records you know the the bad guys so, that so we don't want to hear every police department in the world does have that kind of priorities. And Trump on the campaign trail promised that he would. But they came in and they rewrote the old priorities and they actually made them, again, much broader. So it's 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 supposed to sound like a criminal, but much smaller crimes are now considered yeah. important crimes. It's not just being convicted, it's being, it's, if you're charged, you're deportable. If, it, if you're chargeable, you're deportable. And if the arresting agent thinks you're a threat to public safety or national security, he can deport you, mm-hmm. kind of without much proof or evidence. So they have a lot of carte blanche now. I think it's a good question how much they're going to act on it and what's practical to act on it. You're going to need a, lot, a heck of a lot of agents, more than we have, mm-hmm. to deport three million. But they, they have put the, po- the possibility in place. And so I just think it's something we need to watch. Yeah. Well, tomorrow I don't recall hearing anything like what we were hearing 10 or 12 years ago of raids on employment places and sometimes very large roundups of workers or the workers scattering. Uh, Construction sites uh, were one of those locations where suddenly a lot of workers would disappear. I haven't heard that sort of incident reported this year. So it was was Bush at a certain point who raided workplaces. Um, Obama switched the tactic where instead of sending guys in riot gear on a raid, he sent guys with green eye shades and they took away your papers and the employer's records and they combed over them and then came back and fired a bunch of people, asked you, told you to fire a bunch of people. Um, What the Trump administration is doing is mostly out in the community, so it's not at workplaces, but they are 
you know, you're start, we're hearing reports. They're they're hanging out at schools and court uh, courthouses and hospitals, and um, people come out and they're rounding them up, and they're um, they are going after some of these priorities, but then they bump into other people that are in the same situation, and they're sending them home. So it it is changing what's going on out there to the terror of some of these communities. Now this may be. You know what you the reports you hear may be more maybe fueled by fear, and I think the numbers aren't that big yet. What what you hear is it's a different kind of person. It's a it's a often a more respectable kind of person who's been here longer, and that that's frightening people because they're saying, well, if they could deport that guy, you know, who has the business or who has the whatever, you know, I'm next. And so you do you are starting to hear stories about people afraid to send their kids to school and. Um, Again, how much is for show and how much is it real, you know, what, where is it going to go? I think we don't know. And I think you're right. Let's not be alarmist. Um, but, but I think it's something to watch. Have you been in to talk to anybody in the administration about immigration yet? Uh, I have not. I don't know how f well I'll be received. I think a lot of the people in those jobs are, if they come out of the Sessions world, they probably are, you know, know my position, and I'm not sure I'm the position they want to hear first. But they're not as staffed up as they need to be yet. Um, yeah. So. yeah. Well, we see that all over the administration, which is a challenge in itself. Uh, Ken, anything else to add? Well, I, I'm... Hopeful, as I said, that uh, construction activity, demand for projects will continue to grow and that uh, that in itself will mean that more members of the business sector and the community at large will be supportive of making sure construction has enough workers. People who want houses don't want the home builder or the remodeler to tell them, sorry, you'll have to wait six months because there aren't the workers around. And mm -hmm. similarly, somebody who needs a factory or a warehouse to uh, distribute goods to customers who want it tonight, uh, that they, they don't want to hear that their project will take twice as long as it would have two years ago because there aren't enough workers. Tomorrow? I think my main hope is we we said some of this, but you know that there's nobody can do a better job than Trump of saying to the American people we've done that enforcement thing mm -hmm. and we're ready to go to the next piece. And the other thing we said that he's going to be measured on whether he delivers growth, and it's going to be awful hard to deliver growth without workforce growth and innovation. Mm -hmm. And those are things that immigrants deliver. And you know I hope he'll come to see that. Right. Makes sense to me, uh, Ken. Thank you uh, for all your good work here, and tomorrow for everything you're doing. We look to continue to support your efforts in getting immigration reform. Thank around. you so much. It's Thanks. great to work with you. Take care.